0: Come on down to the Law Student Lounge with your host, Attorney Ryan McKean, where law students like you tell their stories. So pull up a chair and join us in the lounge. Hi, it's Connecticut Attorney Ryan McKean here, and I'm here with uh, Claire Sturmer. Claire, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me
0: so nice to see you and Claire can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yes so I am a 3L student at UConn School of Law. I am working as a human resources generalist at Connecticut trial firm and I started going to law school with a passion of employment and labor law and how that intersects in the HR field. So let's basically who I am and what what led me to law school.
0: Now did you go to law school straight out of college?
1: No so I actually took a two-year break uh, partially due to the pandemic but it was kind of a happy accident the way it worked out. So I double majored in undergrad in human resource management and theater so I wanted to have a career in theater originally. So I started working at a local regional theater company and I did that for two years and made the decision that I wanted to go back to college and that is when I started simultaneously studying for the LSAT and it worked out because due to the the pandemic I was able to focus just on studying and um, that's when I started applying to law
0: school. So, how did you go about studying for the LSAT?
1: So, I initially just started researching on Google. What are, how do you apply to law school? What should I do? And it led me to buy the PowerScore Bible Trilogy textbooks. So, I had purchased some LSAT study materials from Amazon and... I learned quickly that the textbooks weren't going to be my best course of studying. I am a visual learner and, um, especially during the pandemic when, you know, the days just bled <laughs> into each other. I knew I needed like a tutor or something more structured with my studying, so I ended up finding. A LSAT tutor online and I never did one-on-one sessions but he provided a service that um, you could like join group sessions and work through problems and so I did a variation of textbooks and using online materials and group uh, sessions so I kind of did a little bit of everything and ultimately I studied for roughly nine months and I took the LSAT actually three times. So um, it worked out because again, the pandemic gave me extra time to prepare for law school. So um, once I started learning in what areas I needed some extra prep in, then I kind of shifted gears and focus and started retaking the LSAT.
0: So I I started law school in 2002 so I think I would have taken the LSAT in 2001 okay and you know at at that time I think people pretty much only took it once Mm -hmm. is it common like amongst your classmates to have taken it several times
1: I certainly think so I mean I you see a bunch of variation online but on what they recommend um from my understanding that you can take the LSAT numerous times in the law schools are, you know, going to use your best score as what they use in admissions. So for me, I just felt, okay, if I have some extra time I can dedicate to studying, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to see that my score improved. So um, I mean, of course it does add up paying for the test numerous times, um, but I thought that it was going to be worth the investment in my case.
0: Sure. I think, I I mean, for me, one of the great regrets I have is I never was able to take an LSAT uh, Mm. prep course. Um, Really primarily when I, when I, when I studied, there weren't online options. You could get a book, which I got, um, or you had to go in person to a place and there was only like one or two companies that really did these kinds of uh, review courses and they were very, very um, expensive. But I think for anybody out there, I think your point is is a really good one because the LSAT score really matters. And I was able to mm-hmm. get into, you know, colleges and law schools uh, that I wanted to go to, but I wasn't able to get like maybe the kind of scholarship money that I had hoped for. Right. Um, and, you know, when I was able for the first time in my life to really take an exam prep course was for the bar exam. And I saw how much, you know, I was able to raise my score because it's you know, a lot of it is not how smart you are. So if somebody's out there, it's not how smart you are, how good of a student you are, it's how much you know about the test and how you're able uh, to prepare and to take that, uh, that test. So I mean, that, that's awesome that you were able to do that. Um, would you, I mean, Would you recommend that people out there take a course if they're thinking about going to law school?
1: I think the best advice I would give is explore all the online resources. I know Khan Academy has some free services and free LSAT uh, tests that you can take, which certainly help get you familiar with the format. And you don't need to spend hundreds of dollars on tutors if you don't need to. So I would suggest exploring the free options first and also like connect with people in the community that you know have gone through the process before because I feel that everyone is very generous in lending you their old books and resources. So I think the big takeaway is time is your friend. Over, if you give yourself enough time to study for the LSAT and prepare on entering law school, you can not only improve your score, but you'll find out the best way that you should study
0: and you went to I mean you had some work experience and how has you know I, I went to law school pretty much right out of college I had some work experience I was able to work at enterprise run a car I graduated college early which is a giant mistake like kids out there don't don't do that
1: I did the same thing oh boy you're early and I I got gypped yeah, I, feel like. <laughs> I, I agree. I
0: think like, I think, you know, I, I don't have many regrets in life, but one of which was graduating college early. Like, what sure. was I thinking? And the other, the other of which was not taking an LSAT prep course. So we've, <laughs> we've covered like all, all, all of uh, life's advice, uh, I think, in the first uh, seven minutes of this episode. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think it's, um, I think, yeah, I should not have done that uh, for obvious reasons. Kids staying, stay in school as enjoy long as it. Can. enjoy it. Um, how, how... You know, so you you do have two years work experience. How does that, uh, what was that adjustment like when you decided to go to law school? How did that, I mean, did you feel more prepared, behind? How was that?
1: Well, I think it was a mix of both because having some real world work experience, I think, enhanced my law school experience. You know, I could bring different perspectives to the table, especially coming from the theater world my non-traditional path, I think, served me in a few ways, but I also think it led to a lot of imposter syndrome. I did not have a poli-sci degree. I did not have internships at local firms. I, My background coming into law school is very different, and especially having some break um, made me feel like, okay, what is my theater background serving me? Like, how does this, how does this aid me? So I think it led to some feelings of like, do I really belong here? But ultimately reflecting on that now, I think having the work experience, you know, it's, it's part of my story. It's part of who I am. And now I understand that that journey uh, led me to, you know, the law student that I am supposed to be.
0: I think you bring up a great point there, which is that a lot of law students feel imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and a lot of law students feel like, you know, and I, and I think some of what you mentioned here about, I worked at a local firm or I worked at the legislature or some government Mm -hmm. agency, like that is, you know, different. That is other people's way of processing their own feelings of imposter syndrome. Uh, Correct. and they're trying to make themselves feel good because they're they're essentially scared and when you're going through that process like it's it's really hard to understand and it's hard to see when you're when you're in law school but you know i I look back 20 years later having done a whole bunch of things and I look back and I'm like nobody who worked in a law firm in college like did anything of significance like relevant uh to, to yeah. sort of life experience and yeah I mean maybe you have People I know, you know, we had paralegals who went back to school who had very significant experience, that being different. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I the first time I went to court ever, Claire, was at law school orientation. Okay. I had never been in court. Um, I didn't know lawyers. Nobody in my family was a lawyer. Same. And I think a lot of people who do go to law school, like their families are lawyers. Their dad's a judge. Their grandfather was a lawyer. Um, but, um, you know, it's important... You know, you you said something really important, which is you identified it. You labeled that feeling and that behavior, um, which I think is critical to anybody who's going through the emotional transition to law school. Oh,
1: That's it. It's an emotional transition for sure. I, it takes time. And I think especially in the first year of law school, when you don't know anyone, you're adjusting to this brand new style of learning, it's... It's, it's tough. And I think that you have to own who you are. And for me, the theater thing, I kind of played it up being like, all right, I have great oral skills, you know, whether I believe that or not, that's what I was bringing into the classroom. And so I was the first to recognize, all right, I do not know civil procedure. I do not have this background understanding of criminal law that, you know, some of my classmates had these prior passions in, that wasn't me, but I had, you know, skills in other areas that I think have helped me.
0: And I think, I think that's a, that's a really important thing also to identify and to accept. And I think there's a lot of maturity there. And and I mean that in, in like a very positive way, um, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe at you know 23 years old when I went to law school, that may even have had access to that kind of mm. perspective. Um, uh, because there is, I felt like a pressure to be a certain way, or that you're behind, um, or Absolutely. that you're 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 this or that. Um, and and there's a lot of people who you know look, they're they're scared and they're they're willing to play into that in a way. And like, even if it's not intentional, but like they're they're willing to, you know, address their own insecurities that way. But I can tell you having been, uh, you know, a lawyer for almost 20 years at this point, having witnessed fantastic lawyering and, and all of it, you know, there's no common background. There's mm-hmm. no, I mean, people I know who have science degrees, people I know who did theater, people I know who are scared to speak in front of a room, Um, people who are very skilled at speaking. Um, There's no common denominator background. Right. Um, And in fact, I think and I know that uh, the practice of law really uh, at at its highest levels involves teams of people with different experiences, different talents, different perspectives on, on problems, which is really all lawyers do is we just, we, we deal all day with, with problems, with challenges, um, in, in every kind of arena and having that, having different perspectives, different eyes, different skills on a problem is, is tremendously valuable because no one person can, can do it all. Like that's not law is, yes, you have to do a lot of work by yourself, but it's fundamentally, uh, at a very high level collaborative.
1: Right. And I think that is why finding your team of people in law school, or your friends is so important because especially with imposter syndrome, it's easy to be like question, you know, what are you doing? Am I enough? But once I found my core group of friends that really confirmed that I had value and I brought things to the table and I deserved to have a seat in the classroom. That's when I think my confidence started boosting. So I think once you make your connections and find your support system within the law school community, um, the ball kind of gets rolling a little bit easier.
0: So how would someone out there who may be looking to start law school or just new into the experience, how would somebody, how would you advise somebody to go about doing that?
1: Mm. I would say if you have anyone in your life that has gone through it before, definitely reach out. Use your Facebook and say, hey, I'm considering going to law school. Use your LinkedIn. You know, explore your community because people in the legal field, at least in my experience, everybody wants to help each other. Everyone wants to tell you what worked for them and what didn't. So I would say start, you know, building those relationships and Picking people's brains about what they think, um, you know, would be good advice for you because I certainly did not have any close family members in my life that went to law school, but I did have some friends who would tell me, hey, listen, I think you should uh, apply at this time of year because maybe that helps scholarships, you know, and you don't know that unless maybe you have some wisdom from other people telling you that. So, I would say if you're gonna start, find some people that can maybe steer you in the right direction because having that support is
0: so important. You, you you hit on something I think is my favorite part of the legal profession, which is that lawyers are inherently almost like to a person helpful of other lawyers. Like the challenges of what we do, of what lawyers do on a day in a day basis is so immense. Mm-hmm. Um, that your very best lawyers are your most generous lawyers. They have an abundance mindset. They take those calls, they give the advice, and they're open to receiving it. And so the you know even yet yeah, what you said in law school is true, but carry that into the legal profession. Right. Um, and find people who are willing to share, people who are willing to, to do it. And I think that, I mean, really, in, in 20 years of this, like the, the very vast majority of lawyers are amongst the very most generous people that I have ever met.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, especially in my experience, that's what I've found to be true. So I would advise everyone to take that wisdom and roll with it.
0: So um, how many law schools do you apply to?
1: I think I applied to almost like 10 which was a lot and um at the time I applied to law school I did not know what geographic region I wanted to go to um some law school programs I applied specifically for evening programs some I applied for day programs I kind of wanted to throw my options out there and see what money I got back and go from there it's a I I did a similar thing in undergrad and um So that's kind of where I started. Just explore options. You know, if I was remotely interested in the school, I basically applied. And as the scholarships came in and costs and everything, that's kind of when I started taking a closer look at what made sense for me. And ultimately, I landed on UConn. uh, The cost for me was great being an in-state student. So. I, you know, that made the most sense and also I really love the Greater Hartford community. I, you know, I'm exploring all my relationships in this area. That's where the theater company I worked in was from. My other jobs that I've had, you know, has been in this area. So going into law school is stressful and being close to home and having that comfort and being around, you know, the people, that support system, I think, uh, was really what made me choose a local school.
0: You know, throughout this whole process of law school and life and being a lawyer, knowing yourself mm-hmm. and being clear on what it is that you want is so important. Um, and not, you know, there's a there's a perception in law school. I think that law school has at least when I went or in my view of the legal profession, defines success incredibly narrowly. Sure. And it's like you got into this school mm-hmm. or you got this score on the L set or you clerked for this judge or you worked <laughs> for this firm. And it's it's all kind of for not because the happiest, most successful people I know they do what you did, which is they look and they say, "What is important to me?"
1: Right, and nobody else cares. Nobody. Not one person has ever asked me what LSAT score I got, and I wish I didn't care so much about you know people's perceptions of that because I might have been happy applying to law school with my first score. <laughs> and you know, you it's a hard journey, and I think once you kind of realize what are the steps you can take to make it easier for yourself is so important. And so for me, making it easier was being around my family and staying in Connecticut. So um, and of course, there's been times where I'm like, am I at the right school? And I don't think that feeling necessarily goes away because, you know, as you explore job opportunities, like there's always places that you could move to and explore other facets. But I think, you know, you just got to figure out the balance of trusting your gut, trusting your intuition and being confident in your decision.
0: So I remember when I applied to law school, there was like a big thing like, "What are you doing the summer before uh-huh. law school to prepare?" <laughs> um, which I always thought was kind of like hysterical. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you the question, but I'm gonna lead with my advice, which is probably something I, sh- I shouldn't do. Uh, my advice is always like, "Hey, enjoy summer. Like, get out. Enjoy, enjoy the outside. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy life before all of this." Um, in, in general. Do you have any advice for what somebody who may be thinking about going to law school or heading into law school in the fall should be doing with their summer?
1: Yeah, I agree with your advice completely. For me, you know, I said before law school, I was pursuing my theater passions. I am glad I did that because... I had fun and sure, it you know, wasn't directly correlated to my legal career, but I enjoyed it and I was happy. And I think the best thing you can do going into law school is probably being the least stressed you can be because it's it's a big change. And I think giving yourself the space to, you know, You know, read things that you want to read before you go to law school, read the books you want to read, go on vacations, take that time because once you go to law school, your schedule changes quite a bit. So for me, I worked at a daycare uh, leading up to the summer of law school and I continued working at a daycare and it was a good balance for me because law school, the challenges that come along with it and the stress, I liked having the separate space where i had fun and i could sing and i could dance and get some fresh air and it was a good like mental break away from the coursework and i think having that summer of low stress served me well
0: all right so you 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 come into law school i remember the first few weeks or months of law school being very stressful like people (laughs) are trying to figure out you know, it's a different method of learning, the Socratic method. Uh, you know, you used to read books about telling you things, and now you're just reading cases. Right. And you're, you're exposed to concepts and words that you, you've never been <laughs> exposed to, most likely. What are some things that helped you through, like, the very earliest periods of going to law school?
1: I think it was finding friends. Find friends fast. Find your people, because there were so many times in class where – I'll be the first to admit, on my laptop, I was messaging, you know, my new friends, like, what did she just say? I have no idea what mens rea means. Like, how am I supposed to know? And so finding people that could laugh it off with you and, like, confirm, like, not everyone else knows what they're saying either. Like, that made me so much more comfortable. And I think, <laughs> I think just having your friends really, really, really
0: helps. So, I mean, one of the differences in law school, and I assume it's still true, is that, you know, most of your grade, you know, rides on like, most of your grades ride on like a final at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's, that's very different than getting feedback all along and taking home, um, you know, papers and writing things. Um, you know, do you have any advice for any things that really helped you through your first series of exams?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you can talk to upperclassmen and ask them their study habits, and again, everyone's willing to share their knowledge. They're willing to tell you like, hey, from my experience, this professor is probably looking for this. So I think connect with the people in the law school community and use them as guidance. They've been through it. So if they're willing to share some insight on their exam experience, that certainly helps. And I think you have to accept how different it is from undergrad, especially for me with a, a theater degree. My The way I was, you know, had exams previously in undergrad was so different from going to law school when, like you said, your grade hinges on one final exam that's on a curve. That, you know, sounds so bizarre. But so once I got once I accepted, like, okay, it is what it is. This is how every everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's going through this new territory. territory. It's rough waters for all of us. Then it kind of seemed more manageable. Um, once I accepted, like, this is how, this is just how things are done. Um, and there are a lot of resources online. Like I watched YouTube videos of people talking about their law school experience and, you know, went online and, read different law school blogs and some of them are like you know how to get over your 1l grades and i think reading those things just confirms like everyone you know goes through the same experience you're not always gonna be satisfied with your performance on the one final exam you have but it's part of the process and i think you know do the best you can do make sure that you have you know, try to figure out your study habits the best you can and, um, use your peers as a resource will definitely help.
0: You know, and I, I think that's all, that's all sort of, I mean, it's just all fantastic advice. You know, one, one of the things you brought up, which just triggered this thought in my head was like, you said the word mens rea. And I <laughs> always, I always talk, I have, um, friends who do criminal work, whether it's prosecution, defense. Um, and in law school, I worked in a criminal court, uh, you know, as a student intern and got to try a speeding ticket case. That was Ooh, my first trial.
1: That's awesome. I got a
0: conviction that oh. that we've <laughs> never had a more, Connecticut has never been more fervently <laughs> represented on a yes. $75 infraction case. <laughs> um, uh, conviction get yeah, conviction um,
1: that's awesome uh,
0: but you know I think one of the things that you know you would never hear in that courtroom is the word men's uh, <laughs> riot because it's just it's really disconnected from what people who are practicing mm-hmm. actually do and one of the things I think a lot about is sort of legal education and its relationship to practice and really it's disconnect from practice mm-hmm. but I'm on one side of the mic you're on the other side of the mic. What I'm going to ask you is sort of what lessons have you internalized or have you come to believe or been taught in law school about the practice of law?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question. And Honestly, I think my first year, I did not know what the practice of law meant. In my first year, I felt so focused and knee deep in academia that the thought of Ever going to court or working um, as counsel and in, in corporate I, I had no idea what that even meant because I spent so, you know you spend so much time reading cases and you're like how does this play out in the real world and so I think once you start taking classes that give you some real practical experience that's kind of when things start clicking but I think Law school is is a challenge in terms of finding that balance of um, learning the the books and how you apply that. And for me, I took this class called The Role of the In-House Counsel this past semester. And I actually cried after the first class. And it was tears of relief because it was the first class in law school that I heard a professor speak about something that actually connected. I was like, that is what I want to do. That is why I'm here. And it was the first time in two years. So it was my fourth semester of law school. And it, and finally I was like, okay, like I can see how this applies into a, your day-to-day job. And so I think I would just like to remind people, like, you know, it, it takes some time for you to figure out how it plays out in the real world. For me it's two years and I'm just now learning what types of courses I should be taking to kind of aid me in the direction that I want to go in and having that one professor has already really changed my outlook on law school because now I can see okay it's not just reading it's not just reading it's it's more than that but it took a really great professor who I will say is not a practicing attorney he is actually retired and I his experience is so different from I think a lot of the professors at law school um, who have like simply devoted their career to academia and it's been refreshing to have uh, a professor who is sharing actual work experience um, for me, it's it's made the dots connect.
0: And so what is it that you plan to do? You've got two years left, right? Yes. And so you've you've gone through the courses you have to take. Right. You've taken some maybe you thought you should take. You mm-hmm. had one that sparked something for you. What is it that you're gonna look for and other law students should look for by means of getting practical experience?
1: Yeah, so I think the career services at schools, I think everyone should really explore those, the people that work in career services because they really will help aid you in finding like field placements and clinics that you can do within your local community and become involved with. And for me, my next course of action is really just to take classes that I'm interested in. Now that I took the required classes, I'm not focused on taking the classes that I've heard about, you know, maybe is like an easier A. I don't know if anything in law school is an an easy A, but I want to take classes that I'm interested in. And because I think it's important for me to be surrounded in the classroom with people who are like-minded in the way that we have similar career interests and to to build those relationships with people in the classroom, I think, is just a great networking skill. Eventually, we're all going to be practicing attorneys. And so my goal is to take classes that I'm interested in. And also just, you know, as I expand my legal network, I'm I'm really just planning to have the attorneys in my life help lead me in... You know, bestow wisdom upon me because, you know, your professors are great in so many ways. But I think I am just so excited to learn from attorneys in the real world. But that also takes the effort of you going out on your own. And
0: so, what I hear, what I heard you saying is to take the classes that you're really interested in.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that will serve you just because you want to make sure that you're refining your skills in the area of law that you, you know, think you might want to practice. And also by taking classes in what you think you're interested might lead you to find out that that's actually not what you want to do. I certainly had that realization early on and, um, I'm glad that I took some classes that, you know, I, I took a loan. I took them without some of my classmates and friends being in them. And I think I went through a period of like, oh, maybe I should take energy law because my best friend's taking it, but I'm glad I didn't because that's not what I wanted to do. And I took a course that, you know, I, you know, is going to help shape my, what I think my legal career is going into. So I think, you know, take the classes, that you think will serve you best and it'll teach you, it'll confirm or deny if that passion is true.
0: (laughs) You know, I think that that's also good advice. I remember when I was in law school, like I felt, um, it was the first time my family go to college and I felt a real pressure, I think, to be serious. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up doing dumb things like taking income tax too. Yeah. And, and it wasn't (laughs) because, Believe me, like I am not passionate about tax. Yeah. I am happy as a business owner now that I understand taxation issues pretty well and mm-hmm. at least know some of the terms and can be conversant in, in, in different things, like 1031 like kind of exchange. Um, <laughs> but it's not something at all that I'm like dispositionally passionate about. Right. Um, and I probably could have learned those concepts in other ways um, because I think, I know if you're going to be great at something, in anything, but especially in law, like, you have to have some underlying passion for it.
1: Right, and that's, again, law school is tough, so, like, if you if you have a class that you at least enjoy being in, and you're, like, enjoy your professor lecturing about it, and the cases are interesting to you, that helps in so many ways, because, you know, I really like employment law, and I took employment discrimination law. And, you know, some days you'd have to read over a 100 pages in this very dense textbook that has topics that are difficult to read through. But for me, it didn't feel like pulling teeth reading at midnight because I enjoyed learning about it. (coughs) Whereas if I took classes in, you know, other areas, I don't think you know, in some classes, you know, when you're reading late at night, it's like, mm, it's hard to get through.
0: It is. And, it, and as you become a lawyer, it'll also be hard to get through. And sure. And, uh, you know, and that and that being said, I think sort of one of the fun things is, is that if, even if you go to law school and you're like, I don't know what I want to do. And I always resented that sort of question and being asked, like, well, what do you want to do? hmm
1: Like, I don't, I don't know i
0: don't know what i want to do but also maybe what i want to do hasn't even been invented yet uh and there are areas of law uh now that people practice in cannabis law or cryptocurrency right. or social media and, and sort of the impact And you're going to see i mean you're going to see artificial intelligence and a whole areas of law develop around that yeah um that just didn't exist when I graduated law school in 2005. And so I think it's important for students to know that, you know, not only is it okay to, to know what you, um, don't want to do. Um, you know, I think it's more important to know exactly like, Hey, I never want to be a tax attorney, like like check that box, like rule that out. Um, but also to be open to emerging ideas Mm -hmm. and emerging markets and, uh, I mean, really, the complications of complicated financial transactions that go on today that right. didn't go on twenty years ago that sure. require lawyers and adaptation and you know the big issue for the next uh, you know ten to twenty years in legal is like what are the implications of artificial intelligence? Like, what are what are human rights? Like, what you know, um, where 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 when. Uh, somebody creates a voice that sounds like drake on ai yeah does does that mean you know what are his rights what are what are is did ai generate that like does the person who put the prompt generate it does the coder like who owns that what does that mean Mm -hmm. um or you know conversely like what does it mean in the criminals area where you know what if police officers or law enforcement officers start using it, uh, in ways to entrap people or ways to, um, you know, correct inconsistencies in their police reports.
1: Right. There's so much to explore in all those areas that is important to just like, keep your eyes open to. And I think the best advice that I've been given is, or I don't know if it's really advice, but it's just to remember that your path reveals itself and for me basically every job or you know opportunity I've had I've I've almost fell into and I just think that you know you got to remember like you're gonna end up where you need where you're meant to be and so whether I end up employment law I don't know my path is going to reveal itself. I'm going to end up in the area that I'm supposed to be in. The opportunities are going to present itself to me because, you know, I'm, I'm working at it. I'm learning, I'm doing, you know, if you're taking the right steps, if you're following what you should follow, your path is going to, it's all going to fall into place. So I think there's a lot of pressure, like you said to, what are you doing? What are you doing this summer? Like, what do you want to study? Yada, yada, yada. And, you know, once you kind of accept like, okay, like, I don't need to know right now. You know, I still have two more years of law school. I might not know in two more years. You know, maybe my path is that I stay in this role for 10 years. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And then my path takes a different turn. And that's okay.
0: It is okay. And, you know, one of my favorite sayings or pieces of advice that I'd give anybody, i give it to myself, give it to my kids, is it all works out in the end. It which does. Is, which is really what, what you had said. And, you know, looking back at, you know, where my law school classmates are 20 years later, um, you know, many of them are, some of them are, you know what, I wanted to be a criminal defense lawyer uh-huh. and that's what they, they do, did. <laughs> right? And that's, that's fantastic. And others of them have been like, I want to be a criminal defense lawyer and one friend in particular, and he does it and he's like, you know what, it's five, six years in, I, I can't see myself doing this another 40 right and and so ultimately he gets into um now he's doing work with like cyber insurance and bitcoins and and, and, in 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 voids of london and you know all sorts of like reinsurance work on on that um so you know but he couldn't have foreseen that no and and i think like you know different things happen everything happens for a reason in our lives and, um, you know, it's I, I guess the message out there for anybody is just like, yeah, you will fall into it. Yeah. Keep an open mind. Keep an open heart. Look um, and and things will uh, happen for you if you're out there trying to make them happen. I mean, it's not just like, no, you know, sit I, on your couch and play. I, I don't know if the kids play Fortnite or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's not going to happen. No. But, but if but you're
1: if, working hard, it good things will come your way.
0: That is correct. Now, sort of, you know, I know a huge topic in uh, legal profession in general is the is the bar exam. Mm-hmm. Mm. And <laughs> um, you know, what are what are your sort of thoughts on on the bar exam, or you know, what are the sort of attitudes about your your classmates uh, regarding the bar exam?
1: So, since I'm halfway through law school, it's just now for like becoming a topic of conversation. I think one thing that was very helpful is a lot of professors basically said in my first year, don't even think about that. That is, you know, worlds away. And it's been helpful to, you know, basically put that in the back of my brain and store that for later because it's allowed myself to focus directly on the classes I'm taking in the moment. So, To answer your question, I haven't really thought too much about the bar exam. And I think in this next year is when I start checking off some of the other courses that will help me prepare for the bar exam, like evidence. And so I haven't even completed some of those topics that will be tested on the bar exam. So I feel like I'm still one more year out from really exploring the resources that I should use for bar prep.
0: Yeah, see, I, I, um, I really like resent the bar exam in, in like a lot of ways in that I just feel like it's a te- I mean, it's a test I did really well on because it was the first test I could ever take bar prep to like study for. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it, it is at the end of it, it is a memorization test and yeah. I was good at memorizing things. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's just, it, it tested nothing else. Like, like, and I did so many multi-state exams that I would get a question I'd be like, I've read this fact pattern before. The answer is C, you know, and, and that <laughs> yeah. happened multiple times on the test. And how does that have any bearing on whether or not I'm a good lawyer right. or, or anything? And the cost of it was so high. Like, right, I couldn't work for that summer. I had to pay for bar prep. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to wait from May until uh, November. Essentially, I got sworn in October 31st on Halloween and it's like so. There's six months where I couldn't work as a lawyer, um, and I just I just feel like the the test for it to remain um, at, at, at such a high cost. And, and ultimately, look, the other thing is is for people who say like, well, look, it protects the public or whatever. It's nonsense. Something like ninety five percent of people who take the test eventually pass it. Okay. Like it's not a great yeah. filter. Like if. <laughs> Like, if you keep trying, it's like the
1: bare minimum. Like,
0: if you keep trying, so we've weeded out like 5%, and maybe those are people who shouldn't have gone to law school or shouldn't have graduated law Mm -hmm. school in different ways. So, it's, it's, um, I feel like it's something that is a, a tremendous cost. And also, it's so bizarre to me that it tests nothing related to law, right? Um, and in, and in fact, a lot of what you, will learn for the bar exam, I mean, evidence is the exception because lots of states in Connecticut sort of similarly follows some version of the federal rules of evidence. So that's sort of unique, but a lot of, you know, the tort law that you learn or the criminal law that you learn, or even the contractual law that you learn has been abdicated by state statute. Like it's just been, the legislature said, nah, we don't (laughs) like what the courts have done here. We're going to do something else. And, And so... You know, Connecticut civil procedure is completely different than federal civil procedure, just a different universe. And yeah, we've got motions to strike and yeah. motions for summary judgment, but how lawsuits are filed and play out are completely different in state court than uh-huh. they are in federal court, right? And most cases are in state court um, uh, for a variety of reasons. So I just feel always feel like it's it's really bizarre to me that we have this high barrier to entry that doesn't, in fact force students to learn things that, in like, that they actually do. Um,
1: I also think it's very interesting because I've been reading a lot of things that have been saying, like, law school is, like, the new MBA. For people who don't know what they want to do and – but know they want to go back to school, law school's the, like, new answer where – I don't know if you have thoughts on that, but I think the like, what I've been hearing is, like, that wasn't always a thing, and now – I can name quite a few people from my local high school that are starting their law school journey. And I can assure you, like, you would not have predicted some of us to be going to law school, but I think it's because it's just like the new norm. But I think its effect on who's taking the bar exam and, you know, the future. You know group of lawyers that we're gonna have is is changing it's evolving based on who's going to law school
0: you know um you know when I went to law school and I applied it was always well, you can do anything with a law degree, okay okay, it was sort of like a thing and they're like, oh Tony Larusa was managing like the Cardinals a fluing baseball manager like he was a uh, he went, um, to law well, he went to law school right <laughs> um and in sort of this like sort of idea that a law degree is like sort of a liberal capstone degree like i've never really i've never accepted that um i think the reason to go to law school is because you want to be a lawyer right. um there are a lot of ways one can add to society or contribute or make money or do a whole host of things without
1: going to law school, going to law
0: school. Uh, going to law school is something that you have to do if you want to be a lawyer, which is the best reason to go to law school and I'm kind of simple in that yeah in that in that in that regard um but no i think I think that it you know we had i certainly had classmates who didn't know why they were there. Um, didn't know what they wanted. Maybe they thought they went there because somebody told them they were a good arguer, or uh-huh. <laughs> or, um, or or that they would be a good a, a, a good lawyer. Um, and I think that ultimately, some of those people are the ones who were the most unhappy in law school and became, really, I think, the first to get out of the profession sure um, you have
1: to want it you have to be there for the right reasons
0: and, and that's not to say that it's a bad thing like i had friends um thinking of two of them specifically you know one of them uh went to become a prosecutor he said oh, no this is this is too boring for me and now he um works for the fbi hostage rescue team like he wow. likes <laughs> he likes the like the action yeah sounds um cool. and and you know yeah. i'm sure his law degree is useful and writing up warrants, but he really liked the thrill of, like, jumping out of helicopters and driving tanks and things. <laughs> um, and another very good law school classmate friend of mine, you know, he went and did the same thing, thought he wanted to be a prosecutor, um, and then said, ah, not for me, and ends up working for Amtrak um, and gets interested in regional planning and is now, like, a town manager. And again, mm-hmm. like, having a legal background, I'm sure, is, is, is valuable to him, Um, in a, in a lot of different ways, because when you're doing these things, you have to interact with lawyers and laws and different things. But I, but I think, um, I think that those, you know, are two good examples of people who, you know, they found their way after law school.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Both
0: really smart, both really talented, both really capable, and both if they wanted to could be amazing practicing lawyers. Right. Um, but they they ultimately decided that this was a sort of stop on their journey and mm-hmm. and and to get out. But I, but I think that that is um, that is an interesting uh, an interesting thing. And I mean, my two cents is just like if you think that you want to be a lawyer, whatever that means to you. And lawyers have uh, very different jobs. Um, my job is very different than somebody who does a lot of real estate. Is very different than somebody who's in-house counsel or somebody who does tax law or, you know, my friend who does, uh, cyber insurance stuff. Like all these are very different, um, universes. Um, so, but I think ultimately it's like, do you want to be the one who's giving legal advice to people? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be solving legal problems? Like that, like that is a good
1: question to start with if when deciding is law school
0: for me. Yeah, I think, I think it's a question that I would I would ask myself um, or I'd ask anybody who wants to go to law school. Like, you know, do you want to be a lawyer? Because sort of if you don't, like, there are better, cheaper ways to spend yeah. three years. And there are also amazing paths to incredible careers that do not involve uh, learning about mens rea Absolutely. or consideration or offer and acceptance and, and, yeah, and things like that. On. All right. So gonna wrap it up we're gonna get to some of the important stuff um, Exciting. um i think maybe we covered this but i'm gonna ask it a different way which is like if you could you know go back and you know tell yourself you know summer before law school like what is like tell younger claire like what what would you say to her
1: i would just say trust your gut and sometimes that means Taking a step back from law school, I've my law school experience has been uh, unpredictable. I have taken jobs that I did not think I would be doing simultaneously with law school. I mean, for example, I did not think I was going to be working at a daycare for two years during law school, but that's what my path led me into. And I think there's been numerous times where I felt like, okay, well... I need to find a new job. Like, clearly, this isn't serving me. And my advice to that earlier Claire, I would just say no. Like, if you're happy and you like what you're doing and it's serving its purpose, you're making money, you're, you know, allowing yourself to have a break from the demands of law school. I mean, continue on that path and don't care about, you know, whatever you think is what you should be doing.
0: I think that's great advice. Great way to end this talk. I'm gonna ask one more question I'm gonna ask of every guest. Okay. Which is like, all right, so you're a <laughs> you, you you get you get to order a hamburger, veggie burger, whatever it is, burger of some sort. Yeah. You're, you're Could be a mushroom burger. I don't know. I don't know what the kids eat. But like for me it's a hamburger.
1: Okay, I'm a cheeseburger,
0: but Cheeseburger's fine. What toppings go on your hamburger? Or cheeseburger.
1: Ooh. Okay, well, to keep it simple, like I love when my dad grills a cheeseburger. Um, I'm not really picky with cheese, and in fact, I'm lactose intolerant, so I enjoy all cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I usually do red onions and mustard.
0: Red onions and mustard
1: on a cheeseburger
0: sounds like a good dinner.
1: Yeah.
0: So that that is awesome. I for it would be my first time on this podcast saying it, but. I am of the uh, the opinion that the proper toppings for a burger. Not that there are wrong toppings, but just gotta have a take, right? This is the internet. <laughs> I, I need I need some I need some opinion. Uh, is I'm I'm a I'm a ketchup, Ooh. mayo and pickles person. Ooh. I can take an onion. Okay. I could leave an onion. Not. Nah, I'm a little indifferent on that. Sometimes you know. Sometimes a caramelized onion's good. Yeah. But sometimes like the texture of an onion doesn't vibe for me. But I respect it
1: but no tomato is the important part
0: no no tomato does not belong as a topping Lettuce. is i'm not a rabbit like that does <laughs> that does not belong in my hamburger i i am i am i am i am sorry about that i could i could go mustard and i could throw mustard into the mix i could okay. be okay with that but i
1: i do love mayo like i like mayo on just about everything um but ketchup is a no i'm just not a tomato person
0: okay. I'm not a, like, I like tomatoes. Um, ketchup is, eh, I can take it or leave it, but I feel like on a burger, ketchup and mayo is my answer, and pickles. Um, okay. Well, Claire, thank you so much for uh, coming on and uh, our very first episode of uh, the Law Student Lounge. Not going to be our last. We're going to do a, a bunch of these and really just uh, talk about law school.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining Ryan McKean in the Law Student Lounge, where real law students talk about their real lives. Are you a law student with a story to tell? Learn how you can share your story with us in the episode description. And join us next time in the Law Student Lounge.